Welcome to Fast Radio. I'm your host, James Like. Got an awesome guest with me today. He's a good friend of mine. He is our realtor who has sold several houses for us, referred us to many different contractors over the last couple of years, gave me a lot of advice. Actually, he's kind of been a great counselor for me because I think I've cried to him more than I have anybody else in Missouri. But he's all the way from Joplin, Missouri. His name is Brian Pink. Brian is a real estate investor. He's a realtor. He's a retired welder, which uh, is interesting because the first time he ever showed me a house in the middle of dead winter, he showed up in a welding truck. I thought it was pretty, pretty hilarious. Um, but he's also a husband. He's a father. He's a songwriter and he's a worship leader. And he's on our podcast today, Freedom and Success Talk Radio. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet, man. Whenever I start thinking about the reason to bring somebody on, guys like you always pop into my mind. And uh, you, uh, as as the bio says, you were a welder. You're now a retired welder. I love seeing that, by the way. I was wondering if you were going to go back to the field at some point. Oh, man, me too. I finally not having to do that anymore. So you do know. you desire to go back there or was that just something to fill the gap for a while? No. Yeah, definitely not desired. Uh, it, it was kind of the thing of if you need money, you just make a phone call and go out and weld. Right. So the, uh, the whole reason I actually went into welding in the first place was so I could make, uh, a decent amount of money in a very short amount of time. So I could, so I could invest. Right? I always wanted to do real estate and I always wanted to do songwriting and music. And so, um, welding was the best way that I could come up with something to make a decent amount of money, work three months, six months a year, and then, you know, take whatever six months off. Right. So that's kind of how I, I did it for eight years, but in the process of doing that, I did my first flip. I got my real estate license and I tried getting, uh, I guess I tried to stop welding like a couple different times, but I, you know, have to go back and weld. And, you know, it, it just felt like I was never going to be able to stop because uh, I was trying to get my real estate business stable enough to, you know, make me not have to weld anymore. So we finally got to that point right at two years ago now. And uh, congratulations. Yeah, man. It's it's crazy because I haven't like I haven't struck an arc in two years, which is nuts because for eight years straight, like 16 hours a day, that's all I did, like seven days a week. And so, yeah, it's interesting. It's so, definitely interesting. I don't have to do it anymore. Do you think, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of people listening. They're at different spots in their walk and some of them have full-time jobs right now and they desire to invest or they desire to do another business and create the freedom and mm -hmm. success. I mean, that's what the show is called. But do you think that at some point when you were a welder, did you set it took a couple of years and as soon as you thought you would be able to not go back and do it, you went back and did it again and it kind of went on for a couple of years yeah. there. Do you think uh, a mm -hmm. lot of that was mindset or was it, was it truly, did it have to do with budget? Well, that's a good question. Honestly. Oh man, it's tough. So the very first time I did, I, I, I went back to welding. I'm using quotes, but you can't see me. Uh, the first time I did it was I got licensed in uh, July as a real estate agent. 
And um, I don't remember what year this would have been four years ago, I guess now, but um, I, I really just busted my tail from like July all the way to January. Like I was doing a lot, like working 16, 18 hour days, right? Like every day, mm -hmm. just hard as I could. Um, I, I ended up setting the record for capping the fastest, the fastest new agent to cap. Um, I did set the record here in our, our local Joplin, um, uh, brokerage, but when I woke up, it, yeah, it was crazy, right? It was great. But I, I woke up, uh, January. I remember it very clearly. I woke up like January 1st after the new year and, um, looked at my bank account balance and it was negative. And I was like, oh, like I was just devastated. Right. We had, we had money saved up in a tax account because try to be financially responsible. Um, but there was this, there was this time where I was trying to do really, if I look back on it, I was trying to do too much at too quickly. So I was licensed as an agent, but I also had just bought a, uh, another flip house. That wasn't what set me over the edge, but I, I then came across a decent deal on a single wide in a, in a trailer park of all places. And I, bought that as well. And so the problem was I wasn't financially stable enough to make the moves I was trying to make. And I spread myself too thin. Right. Got it. So I, I think the mindset was there. And I think actually the mindset was probably too much there almost to where I didn't even check finances. I was just like, I'm just going to do this thing. Right. And I was making a decent amount of money as an agent, um, but I, I still wasn't making what I was used to as a welder. And so, so I had the really hard conversation with my wife and, you know, really with myself of like, oh man, do I buckle down and get this real estate thing you know, like really going or do I go back on the road and um, pay off some debt and that way I can really, you know, buckle down and focus. And so we had the conversation that I would, I'd go back on the road and I'd weld. And so I did that and uh, made a couple phone calls, got a job um, in Pennsylvania. Uh, and I was, I was up there in Pennsylvania uh, two uh -huh. days later working. Right. So I think the mindset was there, um, but the execution wasn't because I was stretching myself too thin probably. And, um, Over but that was another over leverage for sure. And that was another thing too, is welding. Welding is very much a trade, which I'm, uh, I'm so thankful that I, that I learned it. Um, it's very much a trade that I can make a phone call right now. And I, I, out of five phone calls, I could, I could almost have a, a job at least one, if not two or three, like right now. And, and I make it like now money right too, now. right? Yeah. Right now money. Right. And that as an entrepreneur is invaluable. So as a, as a tradesman, it's, it's super nice to be able to have that to fall back on. So it also can make me, um, I guess more not cavalier, maybe that's the wrong word, but more aggressive on chasing my goals. Right. Because if I do fail, oh shoot, I'll just go weld. Right. Yep. And so that does kind of give me some sort of safety net to really hit it hard. Um, the challenge was my wife and I, we traveled like that was our, that was our, Number one thing my wife told me is when I was going to welding school before I quit my job and went to welding school 
was that we would travel together because her dad was a contractor and she never saw him, right? Because he always traveled. So we actually traveled as a family in a fifth wheel with my my daughter and my son and lived in a fifth wheel full time for six years, right? Well, that's awesome though. So when I got my real estate, <laughs> yeah, crazy. But when I got my real estate license, I was trying to make that transition to not have to travel anymore. And so that, like I said, six, seven months, I was really, really working hard and then um, had to go back on the road. So I said I was going to go back on the road for, you know, basically a year to, to you know, six months to a year to to make that, to get the debt eliminated. The, the hard part was we were at, um, my my daughter was of age to go to school and my wife was done traveling, like mentally, she just couldn't do it anymore. And so we we enrolled our daughter in a private Christian school here locally. And so I actually had to spend the next uh, year um, by myself, which was the worst ever. Right. And that year ended up becoming a year and a half. And so, um, but I was actually, I kept trying to stop welding and come back and, but it was never like a good transition. It just never felt right. And then when COVID COVID hit, um, some of the oil rigs that I was working on kind of started like closing down we got slow at work and it was kind of like, almost as if God was just shutting doors for me that I wasn't ready to shut. And so I came back home, um, with the intention of taking a little bit of time off, like a month or two months and going back for one final stint of welding. And it, it didn't, it didn't happen. I just stayed home. And that's when I started acquiring property. Um, I'm, I, I did make some massive mental ch- changes, some shifts. And uh, I, you know, always read a ton of books, uh, listen to podcasts. And I, I remember pretty clearly there was a house I was working on that I did the construction myself and I had some people help me. And um, I was going to make it a flip and because that's all I'd ever known. And I, I changed directions and I made it my first rental and then I, I cash out refied it. Um, I, I took, you know, about 17,000, I think on the cash out refi. And then from there, that was right at two years ago. Now, um, the past two years has been unbelievable. Um, at, at this point we have, um, 80, 84 doors, wow. um, a couple million in assets. So like in net assets. So in, in two years, our life has completely changed. Right. Yep. So I had the mindset and then I kept learning and I made a few tweaks and I started implementing what I knew. And it just kind of, it kind of clicked. It sounds easy when I explain it, but you know, it's tons of, well, it's a process. There's a lot of years there that, that you were talking about. Uh, you, you mentioned some uh, books and podcasts. What are, what are some of the favorites on that? On like, on as far as a book goes? What are some of the ones that really helped you? Oh man. Um, so like I, I think the first one everyone should, yeah. First one everyone should always read is rich dad, poor dad, like number one, like yep. you learn about how money works. Number one, rich dad, poor dad. Um, outside of that, I definitely listen to bigger pockets, uh, podcast. Um, I've, I've, you know, read the, the books on Burr and, and that kind of stuff. Um, another book that I really, really, really enjoy is never split the difference. 
um, by Chris Voss. I think that is an amazing business book for negotiations. I think um, that's one of the biggest books I've read in the past year that's kind of transformed our business because that's what we do is you negotiate, right? Yep. Um, so I think that's been a, those are big ones that that has impacted me for sure. So reading, listening, I mean, all that stuff plays into your mindset change, huh? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, I was, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause when you, when you get into the trades or welding or whatever, whatever you're going to do, when you set off and you start to do something, you're always going to have naysayers. You're going to have people who tell you, you can't do anything. You don't know anything, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so I've always had the mindset of like, I don't care what you say. Um, my last name's pink, right? So my whole <laughs> life I've, I've got razzed. So I've got pretty thick skin anyway. And so when I got into welding, I told everybody I was going to be a five-year plan, like everybody says, I'm sure. And then after five years, I I said I would I would uh, I'd own a couple of duplexes, and I and I was planning on being rich by owning a couple of duplexes. <laughs> and that was before I knew anything about real estate. Um, but I I definitely had a plan to do welding for five years and then transition into into real estate. That was always the plan. Um, my five years turned into eight years, um, but we did make that turn. And I'm, I'm happy to say that all the naysayers now, uh, came back and said, Oh, I, I always knew you'd make it. Oh, they all, you know, they always like, say that. Yeah, they yeah, always, they always, I always knew you'd in you. do something. Why didn't you tell me <laughs> yeah, back then? Right. Why didn't you encourage me back <laughs> right. then? So did you come right. from like, like where did all this real estate, like desire to be in real estate come from? Did you, did your family, were they big real estate investors uh, how, I mean, like for me, none of my dad always told me, you got to have money to make money. And he goes, and you don't come from money. That's what he used to tell me. And, uh, we're hard <laughs> workers. We work, we make sure there's food on the table, but you know, we haven't, and, and sometimes he'll say, we haven't been lucky enough to acquire all this land and all this stuff that a lot of other people have. And so mm-hmm. you basically have two different guys, the guys that are starting from scratch and guys that come from a background where there was investing going on. Did your family or some close friends or something, like how, how did you discover real estate and want to have a desire uh, for real yeah. estate? Yeah. To answer your question, absolutely not. My family has no experience in real estate. My dad has been at the same um, blue collar factory job. It's not factory, but he's a machinist. Uh, he's been at the same blue collar job his entire life he's never had a different job same as my dad um, my yep. mom this that just blows my mind right yeah. talk about dedication yep. um uh my mom was in the medical field she was a scrub tech um doing like handing doctors tools for c-sections Man, I, I bet you i worked whatever, you know? if she worked in joplin i probably worked with her in the late 90s early 2000s i was a scrub tech too you were i, I didn't was. know that about you that was at freeman very interesting <laughs> that is crazy. Yep. Yeah. So my mom and dad definitely had no um, real estate experience and uh, nothing against them. They're, they're not financially like they just don't know how money works either. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there is this, there is a process of learning how money works, which is why I, I, I said rich dad, poor dad is so important. So when I, when I turned 18, um, I, I read rich dad, poor dad when I was 18 and I'm, that book is literally what caused me to want to be in, in real estate because there's a chapter in there 
when he talks about his wife wanting a new car and he's like, well, why don't you just go buy a house? And that concept is just so foreign to me at that point. So she goes and buys a house, she flips it, and then she takes the profit and she buys her Porsche. Yep. And it just kind of like blew my mind. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I didn't even know that was possible. How mm-hmm. does buying something make you money, right? It just is so foreign uh, because I've never taught anything about money my whole life. You just thought everything and was so, a bill, right? Right. Yeah. Had no idea what an asset was, a liability. I mean, I literally thought it was you clock into a job, you make money per hour. I didn't even know there was another way money worked. Right. And so rich dad, poor dad, when I read that, I was like, I am going to do real estate. I didn't know how, didn't know when I didn't know anything about real estate, but I just wanted to do it. Um, I also had, uh, I guess I have this thing inside me that I've always really enjoyed flipping things, whether it you know, be um, just anything. Like even when I was in high school on the baseball team, I would buy little Debbie snack cakes and, uh, you know, for a quarter or whatever, and I'd sell them for 75 cents to my baseball teammates. Right. Smart. And so like the, uh, the, the, the concept of like buying and then kind of selling for hire did make sense to me. Um, so I, I think that did play into to real estate as well, but the concept of learning how money really works was a, was a big thing. Right. So my parents didn't teach me any of that. I, it was, it was rich dad, poor dad. And then, um, I, one of the very first businesses I got involved in was, um, Amway network marketing, uh, say what you want about it. I learned a ton from that business. I didn't make any money, but man, I learned a ton about business, Right. And so, um, it was the mindset that I, that I really, you know, gained from that. And so I think those things just kind of adding together, um, allowed me to get into welding. Uh, the reason I wanted to go to welding was so I could make money and invest and uh, hindsight. Now I know that's not the case. You don't have to have money to invest, but I didn't know that then education, you know, I didn't have that education. Um, I didn't know about bigger pockets at that point or, you know, whatever else I've read. And, um, so I did the welding, made money, and then I uh, applied it, you know. Awesome, dude. Let me ask you a question. Uh, how do you define freedom and success? Ooh, so freedom to me is it's the ability to do whatever whatever I want, however I want, whenever I want, wherever I want. I mean, that to me, that's the ultimate freedom. Um you know, my wife and I being able to, like, if I wanted to just hop on a plane and go to Hawaii right now, if I wanted to, that could be pretty cool, right? With no, with no repercussions, that, that's freedom. I'm definitely not at that point in my life, but that's freedom to me. Um, success, man, that's a hard one. Um, so I think, I think success is, multi-layered. So uh, to me, success can be business. It can be personal, spiritual, financial. Um, I I will always default to a character thing um, because in in my opinion, you have all the money in the world, but you don't have character. I I don't think it's worth anything anyway. So to me, being successful would be um, having a really good reputation, right? Like, 
having a great marriage is really important to me. Being a great dad is important to me success wise. Obviously, you know, there has to be some sort of financial, uh, you have to make money to, to be able to live. Um, so unfortunately I, I do work, I, I do work quite a bit. Um, but I, I'm really intentional about the time I spend with my kids and my, and my wife too. And, uh, hopefully soon we'll, we won't have to work quite as hard, but I would think success in the, in the financial world would tie into freedom. Um, as far as just having, um, such, I guess, having more money than I have bills, right? So much more money than I have bills that I could just do what I wanted to do at any point in time. Right. Yep. I think that financially is a success to me um, outside of the spiritual and, you know, uh, I guess, uh, what would you call it? Emotional? No. Spiritual. And then what is family? What would you call family success? Whatever that is. Yeah, I'd, I'd call it family success. <laughs> no, family I success. No, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's crazy, man, because when I first started Fast Radio and I began to interview people outside of here. Of course, I've had a couple years of content on on uh, Fast Radio podcast, uh, but they're all like little shorts. And this year we decided when we relaunched after being off for about a year, when we relaunched, I decided to go ahead and start interviewing a lot of my friends and and different people that I'm meeting and stuff like that just to get a different perspective. And the more people I interview, the less that say that put, say, uh, becoming a millionaire is defined success or becoming a 10 millionaire like we very rarely mm. hear somebody mention a dollar amount. Really what happens is they talk about success intertwining back into freedom. They're like this last guy had a guy from Ireland named David and uh, McElhenney. And uh, he was, he's doing a uh, thing called Optavia. It's like a, like mm -hmm. a kind yeah. of like a weight loss. Thing. With it. They mm -hmm. he would get mad if I said weight loss program, because that's not what it is, but you know, <laughs> right. It's a system. It's a system that, that that he works, but he's he's helped over a thousand people uh, lose weight and, awesome. and improve their lifestyle, whatever. And you know his his whole definition of of success was having the freedom to do anything whenever he wanted. Same thing that your definition of freedom is. And he said once he obtained that kind of freedom in his life, then he knew he was a success. And then it was just about helping more and more people after that. And uh, so mm -hmm. I, I think it's pretty I, awesome. That's huge. Yeah, that is huge. And that's, that's one of the things that as, as we grow our business, like I think at this point we have 13 employees, which is kind of sobering to think um, that you have that many families who depend on you for, you know, for their sustenance. Yep. Um, but I think that's another thing that I'm kind of moving towards is like my personal success means less to me than I, the people who surround me, like I want them to be successful. Like it makes no, it, it makes very little difference to me. If you move your income from 150,000 to 300,000 to 500,000 a year, right? Like it, it's kind of inconsequential, especially with my area that I live in. Like it's a very cheap area to live. Right. Yep. And so you can only make so much money and then obviously your toys get bigger or whatever. Right. What, what's, what's but the, uh, what's the amount of money where it becomes hard to spend? I've got a number for myself, but how much, how much money does it start becoming hard to offload without buying a bunch of crap? I don't know. I don't think I've hit that point yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, keep in mind, I've only been doing this two years now. Uh, you know, I would probably say net to me. Well, when you say spend money, you're talking about buying other houses or just on yourself? Oh, I'm just saying like monthly budget for family, travel, fun, toys. Oh, man, I don't know. Like, I, I, I would like to really have the opportunity to figure that out. Um, I would say, <laughs> yeah, for real. I'd say 500,000 net. If it was only, if it was only for pleasure, not for business, right? Yeah. So we're not, yeah, we're not talking about net. investing back into homes and, and all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's you and I both so spend I, more money doing that than we, I mean, you and I both oh, yeah. would live, would live in a, a shack. If not for our wives, we would live in a shack and we would eat rice and beans every day. I might throw a taco in there on Tuesday or something, but <laughs> we could do that every day and put every dime we have back into our business and be fine as long as we got to have a little bit of fun. Yeah. And so, yeah, for sure. But, you know, it, I, I think to me, I feel like, I feel like 500,000 is a number because 30, like 30,000 a month is three, 360 a year. That's my net, number, by right? the way. 30,000 a month is anything over 30,000. I'm like, okay, can I upgrade my truck? Am I going to, I'm going to go buy well, another pair of shoes. This yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I feel like at 30,000 a month net, of course, and it, this is meaning you have no, also you have no debt, right? Cause 30,000 a month with debt doesn't give you the same, you know, the same distance. Right. But if I was 30,000 a month net with no debt, I think you can do some pretty cool stuff at that point. And then past 30,000 months, like how, what are you going to spend? How, how do you possibly spend that much money? And I'm not a flashy guy, right? No. Like I, I still have you a You do personal, drive a Tesla. I do have a Tesla, <laughs> but it, you know, it was, it was more practical than a welding one ton Chevy, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I wish Tony, I wish Tony, I wish you could see that. I wish you could see a picture of that truck. If Brian can send us a picture, we'll put it on the, when we do the podcast from, from this welding truck to the top of the mountain. In yes. State. Oh man. I will send you a picture. I still own the truck. It's, you know, I didn't get rid of it. So. Oh, you um, did? Oh, okay. So look. Yeah, you, I still own it. But so you still have the crutch just in case, just I in case got, real estate I doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I use it more for pulling trailers for our construction crew, but yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Cause it's uh, you know, one ton. But it, I still have, even though we, you know, make a decent amount of money, I still have this personal, I don't know, oath or pact that I made with myself that I would never spend more than $20 on a pair of jeans. And so, like, it's ridiculous at this point. But I still buy Walmart jeans and Walmart clothes. Like, I'm even in, you know, I, I don't, I'm not that flashy guy. I just, you know. You're going to be like Warren Buffett going to McDonald's since you're over 65 just to get your free your free <laughs> cup of coffee, even though you're like the third richest man in the world. Yeah. I don't know. I, at this point, I'm I'm okay with spending money. I used to not be because I I really was in the grinding mentality. Like everything I own or that I make needs to go back and and keep producing. And so now that I'm two years, uh, I'm two years in the grind. Right. I'm still very much in the grind. But at this point because we've grown quickly, you know, we've got a couple million in assets. That doesn't mean I have money in the bank. It just means I'm, you know, have assets, but yep. um, it, I'm okay with spending money. Like 
the Tesla was was kind of an interesting thing. I um, I was driving my my one ton dually around, and I was spending an absurd amount on. Gas. Oh man, it was ab- absurd. I, it was yeah, and it's diesel, it's, which is even worse. I think I was spending like close to two hundred a week on diesel, right? And this was two years ago. And because I was driving so much. And so it got to a point it was like, I'm already spending 800 bucks a month on diesel. Granted, the truck's paid for, but it's a piece of crap and it keeps breaking down. Right. And I keep having to spend a thousand bucks to fix it here and there. And so I, you know, it's kind of like that when I, I gave myself a goal of 20 doors, when I hit 20 doors, I would buy a car. And I'd always wanted an Audi A7 or S7, depending on what the budget was. And I loved, I loved those cars. And uh, one of my buddies had a Tesla and I drove it and I was like, wow, this is cool. And my wife was like, you need to buy that instead of the Audi. And so when we hit 20 doors, I flaked and I was like, ah, my truck's fine. I'm just going to keep my truck. And my wife was like, no, you told me at 20 doors, you're getting a car because she hates my truck. Right. (laughs) And, um, at least she gets to sit in the middle and hold your hand. (laughs) right so uh it's comical like when she drives a truck which she doesn't have to much anymore but when she did uh the the seat doesn't even move back and forth anymore so like so now she has to she had to sit on the very front of the seat (laughs) yeah it's just so ridiculous so she she kind of made me buy the tesla and then you know after that like i i held up to my end of the bargain like i did get the tesla and it i'm telling you i've been driving it for a little over a year now um a year and a couple months and i every time i get in my car i love it i love it awesome. it's like it's one of those rewarding things like you know what i earned it and this is like the only thing i've ever bought that's nice in my whole life and so it's well, you deserve it has it. been rewarding. And I'm proud of you for that. And I'm wow. also proud of Put you in the for, work, man. for taking your taking time and spending wads of cash to take your family to Florida. That when I seen you do oh, that, I, I was like, finally, Brian. And uh because mm-hmm. so, you know, our, our kids, even though we spend so much time seeking out freedom and success and trying to build these assets, like sometimes our kids kind of take the back seat to that. And, uh, and I know that you and I both do. are intentional about being good dads and showing up to their sporting events or coaching them and doing all the things, you know, that, to show our support for them. It's still, I mean, it, the grind that we're on, it, we're not perfect. And, and to be able no. to do something with the kids and have some life experiences with the kids is, is super important. And I know mine, they just, they just love it. They love hanging out with dad when they get a chance to and, 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 and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, proud of you for that, buddy. So, uh, people listening in, uh, what advice would you have for them if they were looking to create a life of freedom and success? Mm. So my, my advice is learn as much as you possibly can about whatever field you're getting into, right? Like, um, th- there's a time where you, where you're not doing the thing you want to do, right? You're in preparation mode. I, and like, you don't have to spend any money. You don't have to dump your 401k or life savings into the thing yet. Just take the time and listen to everything you can, learn everything you can about it. I, I think that's one of the best things that I was able to do while I was welding um, was I learned as much as I could about real estate. That's what I wanted to do. 
And so by the time I bought my very first flip property, I had analyzed over a thousand deals. And it's because I was just analyzing, learning, analyzing. And then when I finally saw the property, the first one I bought, I already knew it was a good deal. I bought it sight unseen while I was in California welding and it was back in Joplin, Missouri. Wow. I bought it sight unseen because I already knew it was a good deal. And it was my very first property I'd ever purchased, right? So it wasn't like I was uh, experienced. I wasn't. But I had all the just thousands, it felt like, of deals that I'd analyzed. So I would say, now there becomes a time where your analysis paralysis, right? I was was going to ask you about that, but you jumped on, so. But you jump on it, right? So I didn't have an analysis paralysis because I had just continually analyzed and analyzed and analyzed. And then when I found the right deal, I immediately did it. I didn't think. I didn't I didn't wait. I just I I did it. I jumped, right? And so I think education is huge and not obviously not college here. If you're gonna be a surgeon, you probably want to go to college. But um, you know, for any other industry, if you're an entrepreneur, really college is probably not very beneficial. Um, but if you get the education, once you get the education, um, then I think you just need to jump. You need to do it and you need to surround yourself with people who encourage you and who, who will hold you to your goal. Right. Like, I think that's another big thing is keeping your goals out in front of you. Like every, like every single morning when you wake up, say that goal, anytime, uh, you go to, when you go to bed, say your goal, like that's what Grant Cardone does. He writes his goals down every night before he goes to bed, you know, every night. And you keep something out in front of you like that. You're bound to hit it. Otherwise you're going to be an insane person, right? Yep. If you continually tell yourself, oh, I'm, you know, whatever, whatever affirmation you want to use, I'm, you know, blah, 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 blah. But you never have any, um, any action behind it, you're an insane person, right? It's like, so, but if you keep out in front of you, I think it keeps you motivated. So that's what I'd say. Educate, get around people, keep your goals in front of you. Awesome, man. So you're sitting here at 84 doors, over 2 million in net assets, which makes you a millionaire. You're a millionaire in my book, Mm -hmm. but you're a millionaire now, Mm -hmm. which I am too, but millionaire now doesn't mean the same thing as it did in 1980. So I think we got to hit 10 million. Yeah, I don't think it does. And at least, at least it's not as fulfilling as I thought it would be, or didn't make me as rich as I thought it would be. But nevertheless, we've hit the million mark. You've hit the million dollar mark. You got these 84 doors. What's next for Brian Pink? So the biggest thing for me is in our business is stabilizing everything. Um, because we're, you know, two years into this thing, we've grown very quickly. Um, we've gone from zero employees to, I think, 13. Um, I think we're hiring another person next week. So I don't, it's somewhere around there. Um, we're stabilizing. So the, the big thing for me is I want to have people, the right people in the right seats who can keep, who can keep the car going. And I don't have to be the person um, driving it all the time. Yep. So you know, I, I definitely want to get to hundred doors. Um, and I want those hundred doors to be stable. Um, I don't want to have a, you know, a 50% occupancy rate on, on hundred doors. Right. So, exactly. um, we have a, we have a ton under construction, I, um, right now. So, um, I want to get all these projects finished up 
and stabilized. And then um, once we've, once we, I feel like we've stabilized at that point, I, I think we can start doing some pretty cool things, right? So I, I definitely see us being a hundred doors. Um, I wanted to be a hundred doors by the end of the year, but I've kind of uh, scaled back for the sake of not hitting the goal just because I wanted to hit the goal, but I, I want to do it the right way. And I didn't think hitting a hundred doors um, with not being stable was a, was a good move. So at this point we're stabilizing what we have. We'll, we'll definitely hit a hundred doors next year. Um, I, you know, for the next 10 year goal, I'd, I'd like to see our, our organization hover around 15 employees and still be able to put out the same kind of numbers we're doing um, currently. And uh, that will allow me the the freedom that, you know, that I want. Right. Yes, so I could, I could have somebody make a really good amount of money as a ops manager and kind of run things for me. And then I could, um, you know, not necessarily have to be the, so hands on the wheel all the time. So I think that's the biggest thing I'm working on. So 30,000 a month net, is kind of the next thing for me. Love it. That's a great number to shoot for. So uh, finally, last thing, uh, you got any predictions on what this market's going to do in the coming months? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so I'm going to talk about my market. Um, I am a real estate agent. Uh, so I know Joplin, my market Missouri. really well. Joplin, Missouri. Yep. Pink homes. Um, so in our market, this is what I would say I think is going to happen. We've already seen a shift. Um, the 200, I would say probably 200,000 and higher um, has definitely slowed down pretty significantly, right? So what we were getting showings and multiple offers on houses, now you're getting like one showing a week on those type of houses and the luxury market really got hit. Um, and the, the one, I'd say one, 165 and under price range, um, I think is still just as solid as can be. We're still getting quite a few showings and offers, even multiple offers if it's priced correctly. Um, so in my opinion, I think as an investor in my area, that's the shift that I would, that I would personally recommend is find those houses that you can fix if you're going to flip them at least. Um, and make it to where they're 130 to 150,000 FHA or VA or rural development, if you can find those type of areas. Um, so that would be a successful flip, in my opinion. Um, the rental market is amazing. Um, it's gone up tremendously as, you know, historically as interest rates rise, so does, so does rent. Okay. And so as a landlord, I think you're, you're in a good position and, in my opinion, on the market next year, I, I've heard people talk about rates getting seven, you know, above seven, which where we are now, getting into the eights and nines. I, I really don't know about the rate, it, you know, because that's not kind of my role, I guess. But I would say what I'm looking for as an investor is a lot better deals. Um, I think people are going to be um, more reasonable on the price they want to sell their house for. Uh, the past two years, it's been just crazy, right? People, you know, making crazy amounts of money selling, which is good for them. But as a buyer and as an investor, um, you don't really get great deals that way. So I think it's going to uh, very easily, we could we could go from 100 doors next year to 300 um, pretty quick just because of the inventory I think we're going to find. 
So awesome, man. Well, guys, Brian's come on the show. You've heard his story. He's from from a uh, humble background, became a welder, worked for months at a time, just trying to build it up, trying to get to a place to where he can invest. And he executed a plan. That's the main thing I heard today in your story is you had a plan. It was a thought out plan. You learn from all these podcasts. You learn from all the books. You put a plan into place and you took action on the plan. And even though the timing wasn't always exactly what you had hoped for it to be, you still got it done. You still made things happen. And now two years after going full time, you have, uh, you're approaching a hundred doors you're already a millionaire in assets, asset rich, as we call it. And you've got mm-hmm. major goals and 13 families that are depending on you with another one about to be hired on. To me, dude, that is success. And the freedom that you're going to gain from that is going to be tremendous. So I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, how can somebody get a hold of you if they want to talk to you and get to know you, or maybe they got deals for you in Joplin? So I'm giving, you know, I'm giving an opportunity here to, Literally uh, give away some of my sources, I think, in Joplin, Missouri, but whatever. (laughs) I'm sure you'll manage it better than me anyway. And so uh, what's the best way somebody can get a hold of you and follow you? Uh, So you can always go to our our Facebook page, Pink Homes Real Estate is our Facebook page. Um, My my cell phone number is plastered all over the Internet. Uh, You can call or text me any any point in time, and I'm always open to – I'm always open for conversations with real estate. So awesome. And one last thing, Brian is going to be hanging back here after this episode. We're going to record our first edition of what do we end up calling it, Tony? I mean, uh, fast radio after dark or fast radio uncut. Let's call it fast radio uncut. And uh, we'll, we'll do that. And he's got a tremendous story. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and share this as well. Share it on every platform that that uh, you're listening from or listening on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Spread the word. Brian brought a lot of value today, and he shared a story of success that he's having, and he's uh, he's well on his way to, to making it into more freedom and to more success. So we need to share that. We need to get that out. So make sure you do that. And until next time, hope you guys have a great week. I wish you much freedom and success. Take care, guys.